Welcome back to, I think this is our second edition of you know, COVID-related talk and preps. Uh, we had been on hiatus for a while after the uh, cancellations came down last March, but last week my colleague David Levake and um, our um, leader, fearless leader, Paul Clauda, uh, I think actually on July 15th, we had a, our first podcast in a long time. And I'm Jim Paulson. I'm back to talk about the huge news that came down from Minnesota High School League yesterday about the moving of fall sports, particularly volleyball and football, to the spring, and their mitigating factors to all other sports. It was uh, uh, dominated the news yesterday, that's for, for sure. So in case you haven't heard, the Minnesota High School League's board of directors voted yesterday to move the football and volleyball seasons from the fall to kind of a wedge it in uh, to the spring, basically after the conclusion or largely the conclusion of the winter sports season and um, between the start of the spring season, which will be moved back uh, roughly a month and a half um, to accommodate. Um, and then the spring season will start later into May and they're calling that a fourth season and run for the first time in high school league history all the way into middle of July. Um, that's not to say we won't have any fall sports in the fall. Uh, soccer, uh, cross country, girls tennis, and girls swimming will all be um, going somewhat as usual this fall with uh, mitigating factors and precautions, restrictions such as a limit in contests, a li uh, limit in the length of the season, uh, not allowing of any sorts of tournaments or in, uh, invitationals in any way, mostly just two teams per event cross country will allow three teams in a triangular um, and just one to two events per week um, again um, with no multiple teams culminating in some sort of end of season event what they call culminating events that they're not referring to as state tournaments because i don't think the high school league believes they can have a state tournament as we know it so uh, in a nutshell, that's what's happening. The big news is the moving of volleyball and football, however. Um, and uh, Paul, uh, what was your thoughts when you heard that? Well, my, my, my first thought is um, I can't think of a bigger story for someone to come back from, uh, what, two or three weeks of time off, well-deserved time off, I might add, for you, to you jump back in and cover that story, um, not only on Tuesday, but you, you covered another meeting on Monday that sort of set up some of the action that took place on Tuesday. So talk about a big transition from uh, zero to about 120 miles an hour for you. That was a, a well done report. And your, your summation of what took place uh, is uh, kind of speaks to the scope of what happened. I got to throw out one challenge, though, to you and to when David Levesque uh, returns so that uh, this podcast has its regular actors uh, doing their thing. I think it's up to you guys to come up with a snappy name for this new season that we're going to be dealing with. Now we have a, we used to have fall, winter, and spring, and we could kind of get our heads around that. But I challenge you guys, witty word guys that you are, to come up with a name for what we should call this new season that they're going to put in between uh, spring and what we think of as winter and spring, and then what we if we need to rename the, the, the four season. All right, take that on. Please. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that that's the challenge because now we're having to focus on it. 
Now, I was calling it a season, um, but that doesn't really excite anybody. We'll, we'll figure out something to call it that, that, that's snappy and peppy. Yeah. And catchy. So. Catchy. Got to be catchy. And, and again, the page view numbers from what I saw of the coverage yesterday and just the internet traffic definitely speaks to what uh, something you had indicated in your reporting, which is that this was probably one of the biggest, most anticipated decisions that the high school league has made in, in its history. Um, yeah, absolutely. As you were listening and covering the meeting, uh, you saw, you heard how they went through and decided the individual sports and generally, you know, as you said, um, cross country, girls tennis, girls swimming and diving uh, are all going to start on time with those restrictions that you were talking about. Soccer then came along as the first of the team sports and it was uh, approved for a fall start. And then when volleyball and football came up, there was a little more discussion and there was a little more voting. Maybe you can catch us up on what that was like. Well, you know, I, I they differentiated between individual sports, which are girls tennis, boys and girls cross country, and girls swimming and diving, uh, and team sports, which are obviously soccer, boys and girls, volleyball, and football. Um, and the consensus was that you can alleviate or mitigate transmission issues much greater in the individual sports than you can in the team sports, simply because of the nature of how the, the sports are played which is why they agreed to let those three individual sports have seasons in the fall with restrictions and guidelines. 20% um, restriction in length of the season, 30% uh, reduction in the number of contests, um, only allowing two teams and then individuals or tournaments in any events or meets. Uh, sounds like cross country will possibly allow for a third team to be involved, but more, no more than that. No individuals. Um, there'll be no scrimmages allowed. Um, the length of the season, like I said, is going to be a little bit less. Uh, state tournaments are going to be far different than they've been in the past. They're calling them culmination events, which Bob Madison at the high school league said could look an awful lot like section tournaments. And again, they'll have to do those. Um, within their guidelines of only two teams. So uh, you won't be having cross-country meets or swimming meets or anything like that where multiple teams are held. Um, they also want to make sure that everything is being held locally to eliminate exposure and, and large excessive amounts of travel. So a lot of non-conference games, traveling across the state, those types of things are going to be restricted. They want everything to remain local um, along with... Um, strong requirements if you're going outside of the state. And again, of course, you'd be full compliance with all the requirements of the state high school and the Minnesota Department of Health. So those are some of the restrictions going on for the fall sports. For the, the volleyball and football, they had different criteria. Um, volleyball, because it's an indoor sport, was the big issue. It's classified by the Department of Health as a mid-range or middle-risk sport, not high-risk like but the fact that it was played indoors um, and that the Department of Health has mandated that if any school building, any is used for education purposes for the general education process, will not allow any visitors. That's complete restriction on visitors. And that includes all spectators um, because of that. 
so there was some concern about whether parents would balk at that aspect. Um, but there's also concern that it's an indoor sport and supposedly things are transmitted far more readily in an indoor than an outdoor environment. Um, and then football, because it's a high risk sport, I don't think you really have to go too depth into explain that. Um, that was an issue that they were, that they were concerned about. So um, volleyball was a tight vote. At first it was a deadlocked state high school league, nine to nine. After a lot of further discussion, they went and re-voted. They have to go back, I'll say that they, they also voted on the other option having a restricted fall season and that was shot down. Right. And then they went back and voted uh, again, a revote and after some discussion and, and conversation, I believe it was 11 to seven to move the volleyball season. Um, volleyball is probably the biggest issue because volleyball depends so highly on the club or JO season. A, a large percentage of volleyball players play volleyball only. Um, and a lot of the recruiting is done through the JO, the club season, after the high school league is done. And a lot of them missed their uh, JO season this year because of the, uh, the pandemic. Didn't play anything. And um, for a lot of those girls, they depend, particularly the high-level girls, the girls on good teams, depend on the JOs to get them exposure um, to play and develop their skills. And that's going to be an issue. I think that some of the clubs are probably going to maybe move the starts of their season up a little bit because they've been forced to wait in past years until the complete conclusion of the high school season before they can do tryouts. Now that they don't have that issue, they will probably be moving their seasons up a little bit earlier to accommodate for what they lost last year. Um, but girls depend so much on this. I had one coach tell me that uh, of a very good team, tell me that she didn't expect to have any of her girls this fall or this spring because it, uh, it contradicts with uh, the club season and the importance of the club season. I had another uh, coach, um, Scott Jackson at YZ, whose team won the Class 3A championship last year, and he also runs the Minnesota Select Volleyball Club, which is a high-level volleyball club in the state. So he thinks it could be done. It'll be challenging. It'll take some, some work, and he's hoping that uh, they'll allow girls to compete in both club and high school volleyball at the same time, which has generally been restricted by the high school league. You can't compete in one sport, the same sport at two different levels in the high school season, but it's very possible that the high school league will make a decision and determination to waive that rule this year because of the uniqueness of the situation. Right. But that, that is a big issue for the clubs right now and for all the girls. And, you know, there are some kids, and I'll, you see this happen more and more in both sports, that after the fall season is done, they graduate early and they, they even see this happen frequently, move on to their college programs in the spring. And we have to wonder about how many of those kids are going to continue to do that. How many of those kids are going to stay uh, and try to play their high school volleyball or football season. I had one football player told me he thinks he's going to stay because his team's got a chance for a terrific season. I know another volleyball player who's very high level is probably done playing her last high school volleyball match. Um, because of this, because she's going to graduate early and move on to her college program. So there's so many different factors to all this that uh, it's just really hard to wrap your head around everything and how it's going to affect everybody. Right. Yeah. Well, you touched on the football situation. Football was the last sport to that sort of got its future decided. Um, was there much of an attempt to hold a fall season before they decided to move it to this, to this new season or um, 
kind of a. Well, when when there there was there there were factors that were brought up. For example, that middle season, what I'm calling a wedge season, what they're calling probably a third season, that will be wedged in between the end of the fall, the winter sports, and the beginning of the spring sports. Kind of, you know, taking the spring sports, moving them back about a month. Um, there was a lot of talk about how they're going to be able to do that in March. And that would basically start with a couple of weeks of practice in March. And then the dates, which aren't set in stone yet, would include a six-week season, followed by about two weeks of some sort of postseason play. Um, it's about a 10-week season they're looking at. And people were concerned, particularly up north, how are you going to do that? I mean, you still got heavy snowpack in northern yeah. in, in early March. And gyms are still being used for, you know, you name it, um, basketball and and uh, mostly, but you'll have some, maybe you know, other sports that are starting. A lot of times they depend on their gyms when they can't get outside for baseball and softball. However, those will be moved back for starting times. I will admit that. But and a lot of them don't think that they're going to be able to actually get anything going at that time because they'll have to be able to they'll have to be able to clear off the fields to be able to play on, on what could be largely frozen fields. Um, I do know this: football will play in any weather, and I know I've covered some. Know freezing games in November uh, in the past few years, so I know you can play in the cold. And you just need to have the full football cleared off. And, and by the time you get into May, fields should be nice. It's just uh, a, a reverse of the way season really the season really is. A couple of other issues that people are concerned about with both football and volleyball is how will officials handle this? Mm. I, uh, People with the high school league, I believe Jake, Jason Nickleby is the head of officiating for the high school league, was talking that not a lot of officials have registered for the fall season coming up, but that he expects a large influx of officials to register um, once they knew what was going on. But it was also mentioned that there will be a number of officials that are still going to be concerned about what their risk is here. And I, I do think you could end up with an issue where you have um, fewer officials than you need. Um, and we've talked in the past many times about how there seems to be a uh, lack of officials these days as it is. And now you've got this issue as well. You may have to go with fewer officials. You may have to go with two instead of three in volleyball. You may have to go with two instead of three and in, in, in other students, maybe four instead of five or six or however many you have in football. So there is that possibility as well. And one thing that people didn't talk about also was transportation. And that yeah. is school districts are being very concerned about because of the guidelines there. I think um, as it is, if there's virtual learning, I'm quite sure, I'm not easy, but I've heard that 13 students to a bus in a situation like that, but if it's virtual learning, I don't know what you'd need a bus for. Um, if it's a hybrid learning situation, they'll allow buses to have 50% of capacity, which is generally about 76 kids, so 38 kids uh, on general uh, for a bus for a hybrid learning situation. And if a school district is in a full learning mode where back in school, the buses will be full capacity. But again, same thing with officials. How many bus drivers are going to be willing to take on that potential risk, particularly since bus drivers and officials both tend to be um, uh, middle-aged or older and fall into higher risk categories. So uh, that'll be something to, uh, to keep an eye on. Absolutely, that's a great point. Um, and you know, as you mentioned, the, you know, the COVID situation itself 
is something that is a bit of a moving target. I mean, clearly uh, some progress, you know, you could argue some progress has been made where things stood last March when schools shut down, the high school league shut down all activities and then kept them shut down in the spring. Now here we are approaching fall and clearly there's a huge appetite to try to get things started, but to do so in a safe manner. And so this plan has been set forth and, you know, people are debating, arguing, not surprisingly, with some intensity about whether it's wise or not. But the other sort of unknown is come winter, come this new season or spring, what will the COVID situation be like at that point? And will the plans that are that have been set forth, you know, still hold or, or will there be some, maybe some improvement or God forbid, you know, might things not get better? Um, that's all a bit of an unknown and I think has, has had to uh, kind of keep thinking about it. I know Eric Martin's talked about that in some of the meetings I covered that this idea of change, it's a constant and they just, they have to keep flexible to deal with, you know, whatever comes up because they can't always predict what that's going to look like. Yeah, absolutely right. And which is why the high school league leave, leave left a lot of specifics vague or unresolved um, when these determinations were made, uh, putting it up to the, uh, and leaving it up to the sport advisory committees to determine how the specifics will look because there is such a fluid um, nature to everything that's going on here. I do know that much of their determination is with hopeful thinking that somehow this is going to be resolved sooner than later. Um, but a lot of people don't know how things are going to go out. One volleyball coach told me today, she said, what if we don't have volleyball for, or what if we don't have a virus or a, a vaccine for three years, which is very possible. How long are we going to live with this sort of restrictions? At what point are people going to say, you know what, I just want to get on with my life. I'm just going to have to take on the risk and go that way. So uh, the high school league is dealing from a position of hope and an optimistic outlook. Um, but I think everybody has to be ready for the fact that that might not happen. And even if a vaccine is developed, you know, it's possible it might not be ready for six months, year, two years because of testing and how the process works. Um, so that is an issue that a number of coaches and a number of actual average individuals brought up is how, how far do you take this sort of thing? Um, and should you just prepare for the worst and, and go about your life and try to mitigate what you can? Um, and I think that's what one coach told me specific today that that was her concern. Um, I don't know. There's no, no answer. The one thing I know about the high school league is they've taken a lot of heat from a lot of people on this. There was a really a no-win situation for whatever decision they made because they were going to get heat from people that believed um, uh, things should have gone the other way no matter what they did. So I, I don't think they took this lightly in any way. It was a very serious discussion. People were engaged. I think the task force met six times in that three- or four-week period um, to come up with different proposals. And those were long, involved, drawn-out meetings. And there was a lot of dissension and a lot of discussion and a lot of um, disputes and beliefs, but they did what they thought was the best. And while the high school league can be taken, um, criticized or taken a task on a number of things they do, they're not infallible by any means. I think in this case, what they did was uh, with the best of intentions involved. And I don't see how you can really criticize or fault, uh, find them at fault for anything they did. I know that the decisions they made yesterday were, um, hard to determine, were hard to come by, were hard to admit, 
number of those votes, I could hear some of the, uh, the board members on the call hesitating or pausing or giving kind of a heavy sigh before they admitted, that, before they voted yes to move the votes. And you could tell that nobody took it uh, lightly. It was, it was a serious decision. I think they understand the ramifications of it. Well, it clearly was a big, a big day. Uh, you covered it well. As, uh, as we look ahead to uh, covering this, this season, I am uh, eager to get started with you and with David and with Ron Hagstrom uh, when everyone's back to figure out how we're going to cover uh, the upcoming season, which is going to be a different one. But uh, I'm confident that we're going to stay on it the way you uh, covered that meeting yesterday and covered, have covered this issue. And I look forward to getting back uh, Hopefully, as the podcast host and not the guy who's got to talk with you. LeVake, <laughs> get going. Uh, that's the magic. Hopefully, we'll get that back uh, in a couple of weeks when Dave's back. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just going to listen or miss Friday Night Lights because there's my favorite thing to do on this entire job that I do is cover Friday Night Football games. It's, I love that. And not having football games on Friday night is just killing me as well because this is the taking away the thing that, is, that is, I find the most joyable, most enjoyment from when I, that I do. So. Um, and that'll just probably mean a, a much busier springtime this year. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking we, forward I think to we'll my... probably be covering a lot of soccer and swimming and tennis this year, more than years past. Well, we'll have to figure out how to cover it given whatever, you know, access we can get. And that's one of the issues we'll still, we'll, we'll try to figure out here in the coming days and weeks. Uh, but why don't you offer any last thoughts and take us out here? Yes, we will still be covering high school sports just in a different manner. <laughs> That's right. I think that the, one of the things that you have to remember that the high school league, they wanted to make sure that all these kids got the opportunity to play their high school seasons. They, everybody regretted what happened last spring. A lot of kids missed opportunities. It was a difficult time when nobody got to play their spring sports. I think it was a priority for the high school league to make sure that some semblance of competition and giving the kids the opportunity to uh, get back and be active in their sports was uh, first and foremost, well, after the idea of, safety and security in their minds, which is why the high school league made these changes. Like Josh Zuha, the head football coach at uh, Minneapolis Southwest football uh, said yesterday, he said, some football is better than no football. And I guess I kind of agree with him there. Well said. Well, let's, let's put a cap on this podcast. We will uh, be back with you maybe next week. If we can find some new things to talk about, something tells me that we'll find, we'll, there will be new things to talk about. So, We'll look forward to having you uh, listen in uh, with Jim and I next week. And then the week after that, we'll get Jim back with Dave and uh, uh, get this fall season underway. So thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we look forward to uh, having you listen in next week on Talking Preps.